Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Memoirs. I'm Yeji. And I'm Jenny. And we're diving into part two of the Millennial series. But before we even get started, shall we talk about our meh moment of the week? Yes, we shall. Do you want me to start? Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, I have a side IG account which is pr- pretty much just like a food a food account where I post like reels of the food that I make for the family. Yeah. And it's like, it's nothing crazy, not like anything, you know, professional, but it's just for fun. And my goal in it wasn't to grow it into like a foodie account, but really just to like share and maybe help a parent out there who is trying to figure out what to make dinner, what to make for dinner for their kids or for their family. Don't be shy. What's the name of your account? Tell uh, the people. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, it's, it's, it's Denny cooks with two Z's, two Z's at the front. Yeah. Um, but my man moment was, so I did have one reel that it didn't go viral, but it did get a good, no, it did not go viral, but it did get like more than average number of hits. Okay. Okay. Um, so that was kind of exciting, but with the hits come the haters. Oh, <gasps> Oh, I sure did. I mean, not a lot. I will say for the most part, everyone just asks questions about their recipe or, um, they, actually say something really nice which you know i'm happy about but then there are the haters that come out of the woods to leave a nasty little comment but you know that's when you know that you made it when you have haters (laughs) commenting (laughs) that's what they say but i don't know about that um but anyway these aren't even like recipes that i necessarily come up with it's usually something that like i see on someone else made and then i'm inspired to make it but maybe i'll kind of tweak it a little bit or yeah, tailor it to a twist to it yeah or mostly just tailor it to my toddler so that she can eat it too mm-hmm. um but it was a chicken dish and someone was like why that chicken skin looks so rubbery oh my i was like okay calm down it, it is what chicken. it is I know. <laughs> so that's my bad moment um not a big deal but just, I just feel like, you know, there's no need for hate on the interwebs or on the, on the gram. Yeah, there's always going to be keyboard warriors I going know, at like, it. But like, what's up with that? If you ain't got nothing nice to say, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, it's their, their way of making themselves feel good. I feel like power. But Jenny is, um, she is totally downplaying her recipes and videos. Like, <laughs> they are so good. I mean, I'm, I'm like. A flexitarian, vegetarian, whatever you want to call it. But like, even though I'm vegetarian, all of her meat dishes look amazing. <laughs> and um, I really want to try that sauce recipe that you posted. Ooh, that one you gotta amazing. make that. That yeah. looked amazing. So I'm gonna yeah. try that. That I'll one I recommend. Too. Okay, please do. Okay, yes. that's my moment. What about yours? That's my moment. Okay, so mine. Um, okay, so I'm like a Botox girly. You know, I love getting me some bobo in my forehead for the wrinkles, <laughs> my temples for the migraines, and my masseter for my TMJ. Oh, um, yeah, I'm like, for that? oh okay. yes, oh my god, it's the best. I cannot live without it anymore. Wow. Uh, so like, I you know I got my usual round of Botox for my jaw like a couple weeks ago. And I did a little bit more than usual since mm. I've been like clenching like a madman. Like I'm just to the point where it feels like I'm about to break my teeth. Oh my uh, gosh. 
<laughs> so I just like asked the dentist, I was like, can you just like inject a little bit more in there? Yeah. Uh, and so when you, if you haven't gotten Botox for your jaw before, when you get it, what happens is that, is that it re- relaxes your muscles. Yeah. Um, so you don't clench. And so that's great because that's what I wanted. Um, but like the med part about that is that um, if you have jaw po- Botox done, it takes forever to eat anything. <laughs> oh, because your muscles are relaxed. So like, yeah, I, I was the other day, I was, I think, eating some like chicken nuggies. Uh-huh. And um, it like took me so long just to eat like five of them. Because oh my, my jaw, yeah, my jaw had no strength. Um, <gasps> uh-huh. I'm just like gnawing on like a single nugget for like 10 minutes just to break it down. And by the time I get to like my fourth nugget, I'm just like exhausted. I'm over it. You know, I'm done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, that's like, a little PSA, you know, um, uh-huh, if you've ever yeah. thought about getting Botox for your masseter, just um, prepare to possibly say goodbye to your favorite foods or just uh, pad in some extra time for your lunch. <laughs> Wait, how long does it before it or before like it comes back in or the strength oh, comes back in? It depends on, you know, I think on a case by case basis. But for me, okay. I've done it now for a a couple of years maybe a year and I have to go in maybe once every four months I would say oh oh, oh, sorry I meant before your feeling comes back or not feeling but before you can like chew normally again oh yeah yeah so it takes about four months wait four months to chew right again for the Botox to wear off yeah but then you can't chew in the meantime no you you chew but it's just like it takes a lot of work uh-huh. It, to the point where your like muscles feel kind of tired. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that blows my mind. I know. But like to me, it's still worth the trade-off because like yeah. clenching is just like yeah. oh, that that's just so painful to me. <laughs> I, I have TMJ and it is very painful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so oh maybe, my gosh. I, I would maybe recommend it then or look into it. But you might like it. But the chicken nuggies. The chicken nuggies though. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Good to know. Good to yep, know. Yep um so yeah that's uh, our meh moments of the week um and we'll just kind of do like a quick recap of what happened last episode um Mm -hmm. and so last episode we kicked off the millennial series and we also did a little stroll down memory lane which was (laughs) so fun I loved it me too Um, we also kind of briefly defined like the millennial category and um, some of the characteristics that are tied to our generation. Um, and so this week we'll be doing some hot takes with Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not to like pit our two generations against each other. Um, yeah. This is, you know, for some like harmless fun. Uh, since yeah. Gen Z, they love to call millennials cringe. Um, oh, yeah. Do a little jab back here. There's like, not even really a jab. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yes, we know we're cringe, but at least we. Yeah. Are. Um. So, Jenny, do you want to kick us off? Yes. Uh, but before I do, I just want to say a couple of you guys reached out to us just to like show your enthusiasm for the millennial for the, our first last episode, and it was so exciting to like hear your passion about it. I loved it. <laughs> loved it. Yes. Thank you. If you guys I... um yeah are listening to our episodes and want to like chime in on your thoughts, like please mm-hmm. go to our Instagram. It is um meh dot mars. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And we read yeah, every comment. Yes, we read every single one. And we respond <laughs> to every single one too. Yeah. Because I mean, there's usually like three, but we right. see it. <laughs> um, okay. So really quickly, I'll do an intro to Gen Z and then we'll go down some topics. But 
So Gen Z people were born in the years 1997 oh my God. to, I know, to 2012, which means this is so weird to me, which means they're ages 12 to 27. You know, I don't believe that people are actually born after the year 2000. I know. Like I, that just is not possible. It's wild. I mean, when I say my kid's born in 2022, I'm no, like, the no. heck? I know, I know. Uh, okay, and then some characteristics that are associated with Gen Z, uh, they're very entrepreneurial, they're more global-minded, they tend to be more vocal. Um, I would say they dominate the influencer space, mm-hmm. and they're very social media savvy. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I agree with all track. pretty much all of that. Yep. Um, I feel like the biggest difference between millennials and Gen Z is that mm-hmm. millennials, we were kind of told growing up that life is going to be this great adventure um, but we kind of quickly watch things go to shit whereas Um, like gen z i feel like they were born in the shit and then (laughs) molded by the shit (laughs) oh my gosh i'm just kind of rolling with it yeah you know that is true like growing up it was like well i think also for immigrants it was like chase the american dream Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know about that yeah no yeah okay well, why don't you kick us off with some topics? Yes. Okay. So how about we compare communication styles between mm-hmm. millennials and Gen Z? I know for millennials, like we grew up with like texting, emails, phone calls. Um, and I actually, being a millennial myself, yeah, um, I don't think millennials actually prefer phone calls very much mm-hmm. anymore even though we grew up like doing it all the time, but yeah. I think we just like have as a generation, I feel like we have a lot of anxiety <laughs> around. Oh, God, that's true. <laughs> so like if there is a way that we can like either book an appointment online for like a doctor's appointment or mm-hmm. like chat with Amazon's like customer service, like we will uh-huh. take that option over like a phone call any day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like, yeah, when it comes to emails and texting, that's like our main Mm. main method of communication okay what about gen z gen z so gen z they grew up also texting probably constantly um since they grew up with like phones and messaging apps um they seem to be more like visual people yeah um so i'm going to assume that they also like video calls and facetiming Mm. yeah i could see that or even like through through like ig isn't there like a video function now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and TikTok, I'm sure you can send. Oh, Snapchat wasn't that big for a minute. I think it's still as big, and I think also okay. Be Real is like a big one. Oh, I don't know what that is. I'm I'm old. What is that? I think it's similar to Snapchat. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I think that's is that more Gen Z? I use? think so. Okay. Yeah. Um. Side note: Going back to millennials, do you remember when you were little and you were calling your friend and their mom picks up and you'd have to be like, "Hi, Mrs. James, can I speak to?" You know, Bob, please. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Like, my friends were all terrified to call my house because my grandma lived with us. And oh. so my grandma would always be the – I don't know how the heck she was so fast. But <laughs> that grandma of mine, she would um, pick up the phone, like, with a quickness uh-huh. anytime somebody called. Yeah. And she doesn't know, like, a lick of English or she didn't know any English. And so she'd uh-huh. be like, hello in Korean. But she's kind of – scary and intimidating when you first meet her or hear her uh-huh. well, all of my friends they'd just be like um 
Yechi. Yechi. Oh. <laughs> and usually that was like the signal for her to pass yeah. the phone to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Afterwards, they'd always tell me, like, Yechi, I'm too scared to call your house. Can you just call me next time? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. But um, okay, but back to millennials versus Gen Z. Okay, for this one, I am gonna side with the millennials. Oh. Not because I'm a millennial. I think I just well, maybe because I am a millennial. I don't know. I think I'm just too used to like texting. I don't mind phone calls actually. Sometimes it's just if it's faster to get it done, I'll do it. Oh, but I also I said remember I prefer you like FaceTime. FaceTime. Yeah. 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 What about um, you? Which side would you go with? I am God, I feel like I'm none. Um <laughs> Okay. So Getch just does not want any communication no. at all. <laughs> That's not true. Um I just think I'm really bad at texting. Like I feel like really? um, you're not I, bad. Am I not? Okay. I just feel like I'm really terrible at it. Cause like I have, I'm like in a bunch of like different little groups, uh-huh. uh, texting groups of people uh-huh. and they will just be going at it. Like, you know, just like oh, 20 messages yeah. in a row and I'll like chime in with like my one message and then like bounce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're that, you're that lurker in the, right. In the group chat. I just like to lurk and then I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll just like put in a yeah. little emoji or like a <laughs> GIF and then I'm good. Yeah, because um, it's just like sometimes it's too overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I I think actually I do like phone calls though. Okay. Um, yeah. But I do have nice. yeah I do have some millennial friends who hate the idea of talking on the phone, and mm-hmm. so sometimes they'll ask me like, Hey, Edgy, can you um call the restaurant for me to make a reservation? Oh my god, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. So um, I think, I think I'll say I prefer phone calls phone calls okay so you're millennial too yeah I mean you are a millennial but you prefer that I prefer that okay okay Mm -hmm. um but side note are you a big dmer I am only with people I know pretty well like close friends yeah like I'll like DM. Um, okay yeah Yeah. what about you uh same but usually it's just like commenting on like a story or or I sent a, a like a post or something mm-hmm. but that's it don't not like like oh uh-huh oh n- nothing go ahead don't you think it's hilarious how sometimes we'll be having multiple conversations at once though like yes in different on... platforms yes that's when you know your real friends <laughs> that's true that's true yeah uh, okay okay let me let's move on to the next topic mm-hmm. which this is interesting to me um, education styles. Oh. So yeah, this has actually been kind of interesting to see evolve over the past couple years. Uh, but so we grew up in a very kind of the more traditional classroom setting. Uh, it was a huge emphasis on like, like the ultimate goal in life was to make it to college or university and get a four-year degree. Cause if you right. like, that was your thing, you needed a four-year degree to get a good job and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there was also like a huge emphasis on standardized tests, mm-hmm. like the SATs. Oh my gosh, the test of your life. God, I don't even know how much time I spent studying for the freaking SATs. Right? Like it- I, my my mom, she signed me up for this like SAT yes. academy yes. after school for yes. four hours every freaking day. Dude, I, that's too much. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like drilled into our head that this yeah. was like the test that was going to define our lives. Right. And, uh, I, okay. and even after all those classes, I think yeah. I was just very average, very meh with mm. my score. But look at how wonderful you are today. It did I not know. define your life at all. Or it, did, it also, 
I just don't think it's a good indicator of someone's like success or happiness in their future life. Totally agree. Yeah. Now we are evolving. So Gen Z, there's a much greater emphasis on digital and online learning. And I think even more pronounced during COVID because everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, went online and did Zoom classes. And I also feel like, I don't know if it's just in my circles, but I also hear a lot more parents going down the homeschool route. So I think the traditional classroom setting, I mean, obviously it's still going to be there, but I I don't think it's necessarily always going to be like the only option. Right. Um, And then I also see more experiential learning and less emphasis on needing a four-year degree, which I think is great because I see a lot of job um, applications moving towards dropping the requirement for having a four-year degree. Yeah, I kind of love that because Mm -hmm. it's such a huge commitment to have to like pay for college afterwards and then you're just drowning in debt yes well yes also a lot of times I feel like at least for me when I graduated from high school and went to college I had no idea what I wanted to do so then I was like wasting money and time yeah kind of doing nothing yeah (laughs) I I I had fun in college but yeah yeah I had no idea what I wanted to do career-wise exactly and I also see people uh or not people schools Colleges and universities no longer requiring um, SAT class or SAT scores anymore. So you don't have, you don't have to really? take them. Yes, not all schools, but uh-huh. I think it's trending towards that. Oh, yeah. So they'll look at your like grades and then you know your extracurriculars and all that. So less emphasis on the standardized test. Yeah, which I'm also in support of. Okay. Um, curious on your take on this, but. <laughs> Just like with the different education styles growing up with millennials yeah. with Gen Z yeah. and with Gen Z having more access to like um, digital uh, spaces and like, you yeah. know, the internet and Google or whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like um, there is a gap in terms of like millennials versus Gen Z and how the two generations approach like critical thinking and problem solving? Oh. Oh, that's a great question, Yedge. Um I think there's, oof, I don't know. I want to say like critical thinking was like, was a big thing growing up in all of our classes. Mm -hmm. I remember like after every question or in a series of questions, after reading something, they would, there's always a critical thinking section. Do you remember that? Yes. And it was my least favorite. Literature. English literature. Yeah. Yeah. And it was my least favorite. Because you really had to like ponder and think about it, reflect on it. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I just want to answer a quick answer and then be done with it. Mm-hmm. But now that I think about it, I mean, it's so useful because I do think we are kind of lacking in the critical thinking. Yeah. A little bit. Yes. Would you I, agree? I, I agree. And like, I think, so I, I would say that millennials grew up like learning and practicing how to be like critical thinkers and problem solvers. However, I do think like with the adoption of like technology and the internet, like we've kind of also started leaning towards um, being a little, I don't know if the word lazy is right. Yeah. But just not putting as much effort into it. Well, because chat GPT is going to do it for you. Right. Yeah. AI, chat GPT. It's pretty crazy. But it's really crazy. Yeah. Um. I feel like with millennial and early Gen Z, we grew up or early, 
I'll say super early Gen Z. Like we mm -hmm. grew up without modern technology and yeah. we gained modern tech like later in our lifetime. Um, and so like we had to like learn how to use certain products and um, machines and stuff mm -hmm. back when like, and this is my UX side coming out back when UX was still really poor and not mm -hmm. studied or researched. So mm -hmm. everything felt very inefficient. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I feel like the main problem now is like everything is so UX centric and streamlined. Is yeah. you expect everything to be kind of already done for you. Yeah. And when you do come across something that has like complex like controls or systems, like it, it feels kind of out of the ordinary, like we're going to struggle a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Um, okay. So between the two, mm -hmm. which one is better? I guess, okay, not better. Maybe just which one is, or do you, do you prefer? How about that? Or you could say I, which one's better. I would say a mix of both. Mm. Like, I feel like the way we grew up as millennials in class, mm -hmm. like, taught us to be more problem solvers. Yeah. And, um, but then I do like that Gen Z just kind of are bypassing the whole, like, four-year degree idea mm -hmm. and just kind of going straight into like whatever their passions might be yeah um but yeah what about you yeah I agree I'm a, kind of a mix of both maybe leaning slightly towards Gen Z in the sense that I feel like finally we can look at learning outside of the classroom setting mm -hmm. and some people are visual learners or some people need right. to learn like out in the world and I just felt like we shouldn't confine someone to a textbook and a test to determine, you know, their ability or their skills. Yes, totally agree. And, and totally agree on the four-year degree, dude. If you went to an out-of-state school, I mean, you're spending probably hundreds, I mean, literally $100,000 You're probably going to be paying off student loans for the rest of your life, which is so depressing <laughs> just yeah. thinking about that. Yeah, that and it's like some people... For a lot of people, it's not worth it mm -hmm. because the salaries aren't really keeping up with uh, tuition. Yep. So I like the I like going away from the required four year degree, and I like going away from standardized tests. But I do agree that everything has been like so automated for us and kind of easy that we're starting to rely less on our critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Totes agree. Okay. Nice. All right. How about when it comes to entertainment preferences? So um, to kind of talk about this topic, uh, millennials were kind of more nostalgic as a group. And we kind of tend to have strong connections to certain TV shows and music, music genres, um, uh, like the things that we talked about in our last episode. Yeah. And then there's Gen Z that tend to kind of embrace content that are like on streaming platforms and um, or like watching online content creators like YouTubers and TikTokers. Uh, mm. Vine, Vine was also really huge, I feel like, back then too, as a source of entertainment mm -hmm. and as a way for them to kind of like express themselves creatively. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, I am hands down millennials on this. Mm -hmm. I just feel like, okay, back then you would tune in on a Friday to catch an episode of Boy Meets World or whatever it was. And back then they had like, like long seasons of shows. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, I feel like everything is a lim limited series or like eight, eight episodes in one season. Then you binge watch it on Netflix in one day and then it's over. And I don't mm -hmm. really feel 
I don't feel like a strong tie to any show. Like I never want to go back and rewatch it. I agree with that. Like there is something about the slow burn that is so yeah. satisfying with those older yes. shows. Yeah. And this is kind of where I'm starting to think like, oh, we probably should have invited like a Gen Z on this episode. Oh my gosh. I don't <laughs> even know one. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We should invite your your young nephew. My nephew. Oh, my nephew is Gen Z. Are they Gen Z? Okay, yeah, yeah. Should. I should have invited him I um, know. to get their take because yeah, I feel like nowadays a lot of the content is so um bingeable and mm-hmm. like very much about like that quick satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Shorter series. Um, I feel like what I miss is kind of the ceremony of entertainment back then mm-hmm. so for example like mm-hmm. friday night and somebody commented about this on our instagram but like friday night was like blockbuster nights for mm-hmm. my friends yeah we go to blockbuster we like go up and down the aisles looking at <gasps> covers and reading the description of the show or the movie yes. and yes. then we'd like come together to like pick a couple of movies out we'd like yeah. buy some popcorn and some candy go to someone's house and like that was like our activity for the night and oh my gosh i really miss those types <gasps> of like ceremonies yeah um oh my gosh that brought me back right yes r.i.p blockbuster r.i.p yeah it was like the whole like notion of like picking something out debating what's good seeing what's out there yeah and now if you just click through netflix and just kind of i don't know it's yeah. like that's not a thing it doesn't feel as special it doesn't feel as special. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And there's honestly right now, there's so much content. It's it's a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I have so many shows I want to like watch, but I'm yeah. like overwhelmed. So I'm like, how do I yeah. even start? <laughs> like, where do you start? Right. Yeah. yeah. But back then there was just like a select few. You were invested and you watched it for 23 seasons. And also um, movie theaters. Going to a movie theater, I felt like that was like an event back then oh yeah right like yeah it's like okay we're gonna well you'd have to call the theater to hear the times the show oh my times gosh <laughs> for the movie that you wanted to watch yes and then getting there try to get there early so that you can get good seats yes um and they were like oh, super gosh. uncomfortable like creaky little chairs too yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i i don't know i just felt like it was so much more of like a memory to create yeah and now you get more content but and the ease of access but you kind of lose a little bit of that special touch and I think what I'm worried about with um the newer content is like Mm -hmm. you know like with the writer's strike that happened in Hollywood and actually I think all over different parts of the world um I'm worried about like the lack of like authentic genuine writing from real screenwriters and mm. it being replaced by AI <laughs> again. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. And I mean, not to writers, like uh-huh. not on AI, because I'm sure like AI is going to do some amazing things, but it's like also kind of heartbreaking to see this like starting to kind of happen now. Mm. It takes the romance out of it for me, I think. It does. Yeah. And also just now, like the content, short form content, everything is like bites like bite-sized mm-hmm. like squeeze everything into a 30 second reel yep yeah yep. yeah yep. so i'm with the millennials on this one i, I am too okay <laughs> team millennial team millennial okay next one work slash careers slash entrepreneurship mm-hmm. okay 
So millennials actually experienced the start of the gig economy, which is like starting to do like contract work and freelancing. We started to stray away from the 30 year career with one company where you started and then you're retiring out of that company. Mm -hmm. That was a very boomer thing. Yeah. Um, we have less of a need for stability now. So we're like slightly more risk taking, um, although some of us still value the nine to five work-life balance and, you know, health insurance, um, Gen Z, they, I think I mentioned this earlier, occupy a big, occupy a big part of the influencer space, um, like working with brands to market on social media. They do a lot of side hustles and a lot of online businesses. Mm -hmm. So I think they're very savvy in that space. What's your preference? Oh man. You know, I want to be like the Gen Zers and like Mm. for some of them, Mm -hmm. they they have really struck gold in certain markets when it comes to like um, certain businesses that they pursued Mm -hmm. and they're just like raking it in. Uh, I know it took like a lot of work to probably get that set up. Yeah. Like I don't have that kind of tenacity. (laughs) Mm. Um, And so part of me is like, I'm like, I'm good with my safe, like nine to five, like work situation, because it's like, I don't have to go searching for work. Yeah. Yeah. Stable. And then I can still pursue my other passions outside of it. Yeah. But man, sometimes I do think about how nice it would be to not have a nine to five and like Mm -hmm. just do the freelance thing where I have my own business and, or I'm, or like maybe our podcast takes off, right? Mm, <laughs> and this is like our right. full-time gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, good point. Yeah. I, I don't know if I have it in me like Gen Z. I will say like a lot of them are also just, they're just like not shy about putting themselves out there. Yeah. And just like running with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they were like born into that kind of. And so a lot of them have that. And I just don't know if I have that in me. It could be because I I don't know, maybe because like we kind of, again, like going back to education styles, grew up in a very traditional setting and kind of going down, like you go to college and then you get a safe Mm -hmm. job after that. And then I don't know. So I think I lean a little more towards the millennials because I'm also not a huge risk taker, but Mm -hmm. I, I think we like to dabble uh, and, you know, side projects, I wouldn't call them side hustles or businesses because this ain't generating any income, but I think we like to explore at least passion projects that like bring us joy in different ways. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know if this is something like our parents would have done. Um, so I think we're like, we're like millennials, but with like a touch of Gen Z creativity in there maybe something like that I agree and I totally also agree with um, what you said about how sometimes it just feels uncomfortable putting ourselves out there like in the influencer space like trying to attempt to be like an influencer of any in any sort yeah I um I created a TikTok account a couple years Mm -hmm. back and Mm -hmm. like started putting like random content on there yeah it was primarily of me just like opening up like boxes of like I don't know whatever shopping I did yeah Um, and then slowly started kind of showing my face more but oh my god it took up so much courage to get yes it is not easy my face 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's like so vulnerable. Like it you is. and you open yourself up to like do it. Remember the haters? The haters are the out haters there. Haters are out there. They're waiting. Yeah. I know. And you just open yourself up to critique. It, it's a lot. It's not for everyone. So yeah. props to Gen Z for really, really handling that well, I and think. Being, and feeling so comfortable in yeah. the space and yeah. just to yeah. Be, like own it. Yeah. Um I know even like with this podcast when oh we released gosh. the very first episode I was oh my god just we're like sweating sweating and my stomach was like in knots because it felt yeah. so vulnerable to put our voice out there and our yeah. thoughts out there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, oh, yeah. same I think we're getting the hang of it now I think so too so I think we're like a little in between I yeah. I don't think I'm going to stay at one job for you know 40 years and same. retire from there um but I don't know if I'm going to be out there doing get ready with me's and day in the life of oh no but I need to see it Jenny the <laughs> world needs to see it please well I never get ready so no <laughs> nothing I'll have nothing to show uh, okay do you want to take okay, the next okay so then the next one uh, the topic is economic challenges Oof. So, oh man the economy okay. um the dumps the dumps the millennials you know we're we're facing an insane amount of student debt you know, and we have it's like one trillion. Years. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Is it one um, trillion? Made that up. It's some high number. Yeah. Don't don't quote us, but yeah. it's something <laughs> something high. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also lived through the 2008 recession, and then we're also hearing things about how we're moving into a recession now. Um, and there's also things about I, I've heard data points about like 30 percent of millennials are living with their parents, like they've moved back in with their um, parents because of like financial uh, difficulties. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think it makes sense. Like if you have the ability to move back in with your parents to save money, yeah. like do it. Yeah. Do it. Um, and then, yeah, Gen Z, they also ha- are facing their own unique challenges. Like I said, like they were born in the shit and <laughs> um, they are just like everything that could go wrong is being thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have such a like cool attitude about it. They're just like, all right, well, you know, yeah, uh, everything is on fire, but uh, we <laughs> are going to get through this. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> yeah, good on you. Um, yeah, but yeah, they they also have their own challenges. Like they will most likely be unable to buy their own homes unless they like strike it big. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not sure where I lean. I'm curious to what you think. Okay, well, I guess for this one, we should say who has it worse. Yeah, I think that's the right question. <laughs> uh, both have it pretty terribly. I actually still remember the 2008 recession because I graduated from college in 2009. So we were still kind of in the recession and it was just the dumps. Like no one was finding any jobs coming out of school and people were like, ah, I just spent four years. I was promised, you know, yeah. like having a safe career or something. And it just was a mess. I still remember that. I, um, what I remember is like my parents, um, they had a, God, I think 2008, they had a, some type of like little mini Mart as a business uh-huh. uh, yeah. over in Whidbey Island. And they, I was looking at their taxes. Um, I don't know maybe like five, 10 years ago. Yeah. And looking at all their income statements from back then. And I was like, oh my God, there were a couple years during this recession period where they made zero profit Ugh. the entire year. They just That's... came out even. I'm like, that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. 
Yeah, it was some it was some dark times back then. Mm-hmm. Um, who has it worse? I don't know. We both have it pretty bad. I know. I yeah. I, I think we get just give it put give it to both of them. <laughs> Millennials and Gen Z. We we all out here struggling. Yeah. <laughs> I I do feel though, Gen Z is slightly more scrappy, and they're like making it work. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's just they have that like scrappy attitude, and they'll like put themselves out there and they'll do the side hustle and yeah. build. I, I got to give it to them. I think millennials are still shocked at the price of eggs right now <laughs> and gas prices being like $8. But um, you know, even with this economy, like mm-hmm. as a millennial, like I can't help, but still kind of like want to treat myself a little bit here and there. I mean, for your mental health. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I'm like totally into the whole like little treat like culture of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have ways that you treat yourself in this economy? Uh, yeah. Bubble tea. Bubble tea. Yeah. It's the only thing that <laughs> our keeps life you going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I will say though, um, I think millennials are also like doing their best um, out there and trying to just survive and stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will because millennials are older than Gen Z and they more likely have families or they're taking care of their elderly parents. Mm -hmm. I think they probably have, are are tend to maybe, maybe slightly more risk averse just because they don't have a lot of like margin to be that risky. Like they they do need some income, right? They got to feed their kids. They got to, you know, pay for their parents' bills or whatever it is. Yeah. And they need health insurance. There's a baby at home. You know, so all of that. Yeah. So I will say millennials in that sense just have just res- like more, maybe more responsibilities just given their age. Gen Z, you'll get there one day. But um, so maybe, I, yeah, I, I totally, um, if, oh God, I think like being Asian American and yeah. especially being an immigrant Asian American. Yeah. Uh, I did not know that I was my parents' entire retirement plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that was never talked about with me. Like, it was just kind of, like, expected. Mm-hmm. And even when it was expected, like, there was no, like, oh, okay, you're going to start, like, giving us income now. It's just mm-hmm. they're kind of, like, waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's been um, that's been a tough pill to swallow for me, I think, with just, like, the state of the yeah. economy. And, yeah. Um, wanting to like still pursue my own passions inside yeah. like it's like oh my god I can't just prioritize like yeah. things that I want in life because I have to think about like my dad too and make sure he yeah. um is living okay yeah yeah oh it's a huge burden mm-hmm. but also a lot to unpack there we're yeah. gonna need to that is a whole nother episode that yeah I was gonna say we need to like talk a little bit about that oh but yeah that's it's it's definitely a lot to um, shoulder on mm-hmm. one person. It takes yeah. a pull on your mental health, which that leads us to our next topic. Yeah. Our next and final topic is mental health. Um, so millennials, I think still find this to be a little taboo sometimes, but I think we've made, we've made strides here. Mm-hmm. So we're start, slowly starting to open to the idea of dealing with kind of all the past trauma that we didn't even know we had. Um, we're more open to the idea of therapy. I think a lot of workplaces are also covering it under their benefits. Thank goodness. Oh yes. 
um, and just having like wellness spaces and all of that. And so I think it's getting much better. Like, I don't, I don't think in our parents' generation, they would have ever gone to therapy. Like you kind of just sucked it up. Like that's life. You got to keep moving forward mm-hmm. sort of mentality. Um, Gen Z, they're very vocal about mental health and it is something that they prioritize. And I feel like we've just seen, like I said, big evolutions in the wellness space. I think when Gen Z, like, interview for jobs or they're looking for a job, I think work-life balance is something that they don't they don't want to compromise, right. which is good for them. And then I think just, like, what the company can provide in terms of, like, resources. Like, I don't know. At my old job, they would give you um, – what was it? Like, access to an app, like a – meditation app or Mm -hmm. a mental health resource. So it's getting, it's getting a lot better. I think it's becoming more normalized, which is great, which is where we want to be. Um, I, yeah, I personally love Gen Z's like whole mantra around like prioritizing mental health. Um, I think millennials, we would have be less riddled with anxiety um, if we also prioritize our mental health earlier on in life a lot yeah. of us are like just starting to like get into therapy like in our 30s you know which is like that's not late but it's like oh man could have really a lot to yeah <laughs> early yeah. when I was like going through puberty and my hormones were like out of control in high yeah. school or something yeah um, something that Gen Zers or at least I hear Gen Zers always say too is like when they're dating um, mm-hmm. in the dating space, like they will not even consider dating someone if they haven't gone through mental or gone through therapy yet. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, which I'm like, that's so awesome. That's so great. Whoa. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But hot take here. Mm. What do you think about the overuse of the word anxiety and triggering? Ooh. Because it's a, it's a word that is thrown around a lot. Yeah, I do. Think it is thrown around a lot. But I do think like anxiety is such a range. It is. Yeah. Um, I personally struggle with anxiety because yeah. I um, was diagnosed with ADHD. And so that kind of ties in with mm-hmm. um, anxiety as like a symptom of it. Yeah. So I yeah, for me, I, I just am an anxious person. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess when I say overuse, I mean, it's more like, well, I guess I don't know. I I just, I just hear it a lot. And I don't want the word to be diluted for people who actually do have anxiety and who think who, you know, things do get triggered. Because nowadays, I'll hear like, oh my gosh, that cup is purple. It triggers me. (laughs) Does it really trigger you? (laughs) You know what I mean? I, I really don't want it to be overused that it's, it just like, it kind of takes away from like people who actually have oh yeah true anxiety and who can really be triggered by, you know, painful things or whatever it is. I think there's like a way to kind of use the word anxiety versus like feeling nervous. Um, mm, mm-hmm. And I think we de- definitely tend to kind of dramatize <laughs> our situations by using words like triggering or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm. I get what you mean. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we need to save those words for um, like people who actually, you know, have anxiety or, and things that are true. Just because again, like I said, it's like 
that purple cup is not triggering you. I'm just going to tell you right now. I mean, maybe it is, but I don't know. Maybe they had nightmares when they were a kid of like some <laughs> monster. Fair, fair. Okay, that's my hot take of the day. Nice. It's a good one. Um, okay, well, that concludes our episode on millennials versus Gen Z. We hope you guys enjoyed that one. That was fun, kind of talking through all the different topics. Yeah. Um, and for next week's episode, we'll be talking about actually, it'll be the last of the millennial series. Yes. And we'll be chatting about what we want to bring back from the 90s, like if we could bring it back from the 90s today, and what we want to have stay behind. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, no, but I'm already kind of brainstorming what I <laughs> want to bring back. The whale tails, right? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave that behind in the okay. 90s. As well as um, the, the low rise jeans. Those can also stay behind. Oh my gosh, no, those are a hazard waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for joining us, guys. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you back here next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.